February 20th. All right. Uh, we did the first half of James chapter 4 last week. So we're going to do the second half this week. I thought they were really uh, two different topics. Um, so they split pretty well. So starting in verse 11 of James 4. Um, and 11 and 12, I, I just put the, the verses straight on your paper there. It says, brothers and sisters, so stop right there. He is addressing uh, believers in Christ. And that's important when we get to the, uh, to the end of, the, of verse 12. Um, he is addressing how we address other believers. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister in Christ or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So my commentary made the point that the Greek word for brother or sister is Adelphus, and that refers here to a believer, uh, another member of God's family. So, so really we're talking about quarrels and fights and judgment against uh, other members of, of the church. A good point to be made is, is we are told to uh, rebuke each other or politely call each other out, right? If you see uh, uh, a brother or sister doing something that they don't need to be doing, we are told, call them out on it. Now, in a polite, instructional, loving way, and that's not what this is talking about. Um, this is against slanderous accusations, and I, and I liked how this said, that are on the level of a new law. Uh, there's a typo there. Manufactured by the critic. So you see that a lot, right? Somebody accuses somebody of something, but uh, the accusation is, is probably not a, a, a law that they've broken at all. Uh, it's just something completely... It's against the opinion of the critic. Right? I heard somebody say one time, where do you find that in the Bible? It's in second opinions. <laughs> there's, but there's a lot of truth to that. So James is saying here that the accuser is the lawbreaker. And then, and then they, made, they took it a step further. That, that makes sense to us, right? Uh, not picking fights, uh, not making accusations, not judging somebody. Uh, especially if, if it's uh, unnecessary uh, or we're making up things that they've done wrong when they really haven't done anything wrong. So that's, that's obviously, obviously wrong. But to take it a step further, in God's eyes, we're in His territory. He's the one that does the judging. He's, done, he's the one that does the deciding. And we're in His jurisdiction. We don't have the right to do that. <clears throat> Not only from a, a loving and, and instructional sense, uh, but also from a we're out of our jurisdiction. 
It's God's jurisdiction to do that. And I listed a couple verses there. We won't go to them, but uh, in speaking of, of judgment in, in uh, Acts 17, Romans 14, and 2 Corinthians 5, you can look at those if you like. And then I, I, how verse 12 finishes. Who are you to judge another? When I, when I read that, I remember the, uh, uh, the casting out of demons. And I think it's in, I think it's in Acts where uh, you know, Jesus had cast out demons and, and uh, Paul, was it Paul or Peter? always one of them that, that cast out demons uh, but then you've got this group over here that's going around doing it for money right and uh, the uh, the demons themselves looked at those people and they said Jesus we know I think it was Paul and Paul we've heard of but who are you <laughs> like you're nobody and that's that's what that reminds me of he says who are you to judge somebody else the point is we're a sinner just like everybody else and that's God's jurisdiction uh, 13, 14, 15 basically says don't even be so boastful as to say tomorrow, next week, next year I have plans to do something you don't know if you're going to make it till tomorrow And he even says to say that I'm going to do this in a future time to be boastful in that sense is, is itself a sin. And, and the point of that is that uh, you're leaving God out of it. God creates tomorrow. And if you say, I'm going to do this tomorrow, you're... you're, you're mentality is that it's already given to you. It's already going to be there. You don't know that. We, don't make, we not, may not make it home today. Life is uncertain. We may die unexpectedly or Jesus may come at any moment. We must have the attitude of if the Lord wills. And I, I immediately thought of, of you, hear, you don't hear it so much anymore, but old people used to say, the Lord willing and the creek don't rise. And uh, on that, Matthew 24. Uh, just, a, just a little bit of it. Matthew 24 and 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The point there being, no, nobody knows what tomorrow is going to hold, when we are going to, to die, when Jesus is going to come back. We don't know. So don't even be so boastful as to sin and say, tomorrow I'll do this. You know what I thought? When I read this, I thought, man, that is the least of my sins to think. <laughs> the list of my sins, are like if that's the bit worst one on the list, does that make sense? Like I'm not trying to, 
I thought I've got a lot of sins, and if if that's that's the least of it, if that's the worst one, is saying I'm gonna do this tomorrow, I, I I strive to be at the point where I stop myself and say, if tomorrow comes, right? I hope I can get to be that good. But that might be some people's biggest sin if they say, oh well, I'll get baptized when this happens. Well, see, that's where this is going. I will start going to church if and when this that, that could potentially be the difference in life, the difference. eternal life and death. That's where he's going in the next few verses. <clears throat> he finishes verse 15 by saying, uh, well, he, first off, he finished verse 12 by saying, who are you? Then he finishes verse 15 by saying, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Some versions say you're a vapor. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And then finally, 16 and 17. Uh, looking ahead and saying, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do something in the future. He's saying that boastful. Uh, is evil purely saying I'm going to do X, Y, Z in the future is a sin because it's leaving God out of the picture. Um, it's not wrong to make plans, just remembering that those plans are subject to the will of God. And then one page back, uh, James 1 and verse 17, uh, remember every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. <coughs> Including tomorrow, if we're allowed to see it. So then he finishes in verse 17 with exactly what Tricia was uh, hinting at there. If we don't know tomorrow is going to be here, we don't know that we're going to be blessed with it tomorrow or even another hour, then verse 17 James says, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. So if you know what to do and you don't do it because you put it off, maybe you're scared, say another day, He's saying that that is the sin. And I added a couple things there. Acts 22, 16. Actually says, and now, why are you waiting? And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Like, like manner in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 30, I liked how, how this actually put a time structure on it. 1 Corinthians 15 and 30. Why do we stand in jeopardy every hour. Drives home the point. You know, 
James said, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. This is First Corinthians is saying we may not be here in an hour. There's a there's an urgency that he that he presses. You start looking over the past few weeks that we've went through James. You look and he he started off James by saying, "You're going to go through some hard times and some trials, but be happy in those trials, knowing that it leads you to learn." It leads you to test your faith and that leads to growing your faith and being stronger. That's good. And he says, because of that, be be a doer. Be a don't just look in the mirror and see what needs to happen, but don't fix yourself. Actually do it. And then in chapter two he talks about about putting your faith to work and doing. Chapter 3 was talking about the, the, uh, the evil of your tongue. Chapter 4, he started off with, with the partiality, judging people based on their appearance. And, and now he's saying that we shouldn't fight against each other and, and driving home the point. In chapter, two, in chapter 1, he said, be a doer. Now he says, if you know what to do and you don't do it, that's a sin. I really never thought about it like that. Like, you know what to do, but you, you make kind of effort not to do it that, that day. My notes on verse 17 says that it uh, fails to do it, describes what are commonly called the sins of omission. It is not only what people do that matters, the good that they fail to do is equally important to God. Yeah. <laughs> that last part. Well, it's so easy to, to see an area, see somebody needing help. Say it's on somebody needing help on the side of the road. But you're already late for what you think you've got to do at a certain time, right? And it's easier just to look to the other lane, make sure you hit him. I mean, doing my favor just by doing that. Yeah. But then think about how much, for me, how much like courage it takes to. Talk to somebody else that might you know might be struggling in their faith. It might mean the world to them to have a pat on the back and say, you know, been thinking about you or whatever. But it, sometimes it's difficult to make that step. Or if you don't know how they'll perceive, it, you don't know how they're going to perceive it. Good frame of mind. 
mean, if you can approach something with that type of attitude, you know, sometimes maybe what you have planned is going to require a lot of you. And if you can, if you can keep that type of frame of mind, because ultimately when we when we have things to do, we're going to have more to do than probably what we can get done right. that day. But as you as you go about that, especially if you have coworkers or people that are want, working under you, you want to stay in a good frame of mind to where that you can help them, assist them to get the task done that you need to. But ultimately, and I'm the world's worst procrastinating, or you know, if I say, well, if I probably told Trish if the Lord wills tomorrow I'm going to do this, she's probably going to roll her eyes and probably you know smack me upside the head. <laughs> but uh, because you can use it from that frame of mind. Sure. But in that sense, you can keep things kind of in order or at bay to where you either don't get overwhelmed or stressed out or, you know, some other things take place. But ultimately, what it says there is a very important thing to apply when you, when you study verses like that. Right. And that, to, to apply, what is the difference between, well, just, just like what James had said, I think it was in chapter 2, even the demons believe and tremble. What's the difference between believing and being counted as righteous? The application. James says be a doer. What's the difference between saying I love my neighbor and loving your neighbor? Doing it. Whether that's pulling over on the side of the road or patting them on the back or whatever the case may be. The difference between saying I love my neighbor and loving your neighbor is doing it. The difference between saying I believe in God and believing in God and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is doing it. Sometimes we have to take a gulp of our pride and and pull over. Take a gulp of our courage and speak up to somebody you know struggling. And we all have to take that first step. We had we had an old tractor one time down at Keysburg and Phil Holloway, he, him and my dad have been buddies for years and he happened he did, we didn't leave the key in the tractor, but he was asking if he could use the tractor. I said, What would you need the tractor for? And uh, he said, well, the Lord needed it. And I was like, that's a good reason. That's all that matters. But in some ways, we can use that language to just, you know, keep, keep the mission going, I suppose. But I thought it was neat, his choice of words. Not that that was on what you were trying to say. But his response was, the Lord needed it. And so that's all we settled at. You know, there wasn't any details shared or anything like that. But. He got the key, used the tractor, went on about his way. <laughs> you okay if I use your truck next week? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>